you know, many times in the growing up in the military, we were at different places and different bases. Uh, a lot of fun. One place that was especially uh, an experience was Panama uh, Canal Zone. We were stationed at Howard Air Force Base. I think I've mentioned that before. And you know, all that's good, and, and it's just really like paradise over there, or it was then. I don't know about now, but uh, but there's nothing better than coming home to the States. You know, when we were there in the early 70s, as far as TV and stuff like that go, uh, we had Armed Forces uh, television. If I recall, it didn't come on till about 4 or 4.30 in the afternoon, a little bit earlier on the weekends, but it really didn't show much. Uh, some old movies, uh, you know, older shows, but nothing that was on currently uh, in the States. You know, no game shows, no, no let's make a deal. So, you know, as a kid anyway, it seems that kind of stuff was really important. And to me, it was anyway. I don't know about everybody else. But uh, so when we come back, I think the the first thing I did, we landed at Charleston Air Force Base in uh, Georgia. And uh, we were on guest housing. Now, we came back, oh, I don't know, about six months prior to dad being able to ship out. But nonetheless, we were at base housing. I think the first thing we did I did was watch TV <laughs> and uh, just had a good time. And, you know, we finally made our way from Charleston, uh, South Carolina, not Georgia. We made our way to Oklahoma because that's where dad's family was. And we were going to stay there uh, in that little town where he was from until he made it back. Well, he finally come back and it's, uh, oh, I don't know, high September or October. And uh, the car we had had been in Panama all that time. And, you know, there's no, there's no fast speed limit over there. So the newer cars now are a little different, but back then, them big old land yachts, you know, they needed uh, to be, had the soot blowed out of what we used to say. But anyway, uh, we got home and and, uh, he took it to the mechanic and had the carburetor rebuilt and just things like that, you know, to get ready for the trip to South Dakota, because that was going to be our next uh, station. As a matter of fact, it was going to be our last uh, duty station, as Dad was going to retire out of the service from there. But anyway, you know, getting ready and and, and doing all that stuff, and it's kind of like Christmas, you know. To me, anyway, Christmas, the anticipation of it coming, uh, you know, uh, is half the fun. Well, that's kind of the way it was uh, every time we moved, And, and, and it was always a little trip, you know, every time we went somewhere, and kind of a mini vacation, you know, as I've mentioned before. And But anyway, we got to South Dakota, and it was about the middle of October. And the reason I remember that is two weeks prior to that, and in my mind, I've always remembered that would have been the 1st of October, they had always, already, rather, had a blizzard there. Now, I'm not saying by any stretch of the imaginations that blizzards were common there, but snow and a whole bunch of it is. <laughs> I've never I've never seen so much snow in my darn life as I did when we lived there. And uh and boy, I mean it gets cold up there. But the difference is, you know, uh is they're they're prepared for that that kind of weather up there and it just doesn't seem to uh, to hold anybody back, you know, even in school. Uh, we did have uh just short of a blizzard while we lived there. And we got out of school a half a day early that day. <laughs> but, you know, we've lived in, in Oklahoma and, and kind of in these mid-southern states. Just just a little bit of snow and they cancel school. But, but we're not prepared for that down here, you know. But anyway, going into uh, South Dakota, we were going to Ellsworth Air Force Base. And it was then uh, Strategic Air Command. I think uh, Jimmy Stewart, maybe. 
he was in that movie. That bass was the modern version of that movie and, and uh, really a strict bass. You know, we were right in the middle of the Cold War during that time. And, you know, they, they meant business 24 hours a day there. A, a very serious, very serious deal. You know, B-52 bombers. Oh, gosh, I can't remember. They had 12 or 14 on what they called the alert pad. Now, these guys were, were loaded with nuclear warheads and ready to go. I mean, really just at a moment's notice. As a matter of fact, when the alert crew uh, traveled around base, they had, uh, if you were on alert, you know, I think it's kind of like a fire department, you know, you'd work, I don't know, four days on and, you know, four days off or something like that. But you went together as a crew. If you went to the base exchange, it was together. And, uh, you know, if you're in line ready to check out, uh, these guys always had priority and you had to let them at the front of the line. And uh, just in case that there was an alert, uh, you know, they were always ready. And uh, I tell you, you know, through life, you've you've seen uh, firemen and and uh, you know first responders and, and things of that nature uh, get activated on a call or or police officers. But when these guys on his alert crew, when alert went out over the base, these guys were just absolute military precision. It was really a sight to see. You know, a lot of times, fortunately, they uh, it was always just drills on these things. Well, I mean, as far as we know, but uh, sometimes, you know, they would, they would only get out there and, 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 and start up all those B-52s, you know, that was on the alert pad. Sometimes they'd go so far as to taxi out to the runway. But let me tell you now, there's other times uh, they would, uh, they called the elephant walk and they were literally lined up one after the other on the taxiway and wanted to pull around on that uh, runway take off just literally one was already coming down the runway picking up speed before the other one had even lifted off the ground you know like i said these guys meant business very serious deal but anyway you you talk about impressive and loud uh, you get all those big b52 bombers taken off at once and it just it just shakes the the entire base uh, you know i don't want to say it's noisy even though it's loud but it's a very good uh, sound, really. You know, it's a sound that being raised in the Air Force, you know, you kind of get used to. 24 hours a day, you know, you get used to jet noises and things of that nature. Well, you know, here we are now, and, uh, you know, you, you're hearing about one country or the other flying into our airspace or shooting down one of our drones or something maybe recently on the news. And, hey, listen, I'm here to tell you, back then, none of that nonsense went on because Strategic Air Command was on duty 24-7. And hey, listen, not only were they on duty, they weren't just sitting on flight lines around the nation. These guys uh, flew what I think, and it's just common knowledge, what they called Iron Dome. And they, they flew, uh, I, I'm not, I'm not going to say they flew completely around the circumference of the earth, but uh, they were always in the sky. Uh, some, some, some number of them were in the sky all the time. And uh, you know, they had the, the AWACS planes, you know, the big radar planes. And these guys were ready. They were already there and flying and just being a deterrent for war, uh, protecting the American people. You know, those attributes like that are kind of few and far between, kind of hard to come by anymore. And I wish they weren't. And But, you know, hey, listen, hey, listen, we're not going to go down that political road by no stretch of the imagination. I just want to share with you the things uh you know, that I was uh, fortunate enough to grow up and see. Not everybody gets to see that. And to some people, that might just be boring as all get. But to me, you know, a young a young boy, who who doesn't want to hang around airplanes and, and be a part of that stuff? And 
anyway, it was just a great life. And uh, the winters were brutal. We went uh, to Mount Rushmore. And, you know, that's kind of a neat place to go once. But even the first time, <laughs> if you've seen the postcard, you've seen Mount Rushmore. But, you know, getting up to Mount Rushmore uh, was kind of cool, I guess. But you got to remember, Mount Rushmore and those Black Hills are kind of an oasis in the middle of nowhere because other than that, at least the South Dakota that I've seen was uh, just kind of rolling plains. You know, just there's just nothing there. I mean, nothing except a bunch of snow in the wintertime. But anyway, that was pretty neat. Uh, Deadwood, South Dakota, that'll forever be etched in my memory. Just the, the, the neatest, slickest place I've ever uh, been, I guess, to visit was that place. And we were fortunate enough to get to go on a field trip there from school. But anyway, you know, in the Air Force, in the military, uh, we just had, were offered uh, the opportunity to see so much and be a part of so many different things. But when we got out and, you know, we finally, uh, you know, going through Las Vegas and, and staying there for a little bit, not, not a whole long time. We finally got back to Oklahoma, kind of in the general uh, area where dad was raised as a kid. I'm just telling you that the people there, you know, I've said this before, but but I can't say it enough that these folks just welcomed us with open arms and never, I don't know if it was just so much that we never experienced that because in the military, you know, you're not going to have that. Or if this town was just unique or, or I don't know, but but nonetheless, uh, they were the missing piece to the puzzle in our lives anyway. And I am just proud, you know, to ever since then call uh, Wilberton my hometown. We got there and uh, dad uh, had just started a job at the college. Had, they have a little two-year junior college there. So he got hired on as the electrician. Fortunate enough to live on uh, college housing. I don't know. They had three, four, I don't know, three or four or five houses on 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 campus that I guess employees could live in if they so choose. Well, they just happened to have one there, and it was just right right behind his shop. Actually, just the neatest neatest place. And for us, you know, that kind of I don't know being on that that college kind of pacified the uh, uh, I don't know missing the military because now the college was not a gated community by no means, but it was an entity of itself just on the on the edge of town. So we, we still had that kind of uh, belonging feeling, you know, being in that little uh, tight-knit college, I guess you could say. I don't know. It, it was probably, <laughs> probably just false feelings, I guess. But nonetheless, hey, security security, right? But anyway, through, uh, oh, I don't know, I guess, gosh, all of high school in that, at that little old house there. And I'll never forget, you know, we hadn't lived for very long and we're just trying to still get settled in. That's you know, they pay by the month. Dad hasn't got any money. His, his uh, uh, Air Force retirement is a uh, once a month deal. So I think we just used all our resources to get get there. And uh, we went uh, to town. And I'll never forget, I went with my dad. It was just one evening. This, they, they had two grocery stores in that town then. And actually three, but two two main ones. And we went to the smaller one. And, you know, out, out of dad's wheelhouse, for sure, he... Uh, it was, I think it was probably a Friday evening or something. It was real busy. The owner, uh, him and his wife were working and he, dad asked that guy, said, you know, Hey, can, uh, until we get paid, can we, you know, get a little, uh, charge account? And, and the guy said, well, no, I, I can't do that. Now this guy's never met my dad or seen us in his life. He said, but here's what I'll do. He said, I'll, I'll loan you this $50. And you pay me back payday. Well, you know, I, you know, about 1976, 
fifty dollars was was quite a bit of money. Oh gosh, we we uh, bought a pretty good bill of groceries, you know. But that's the kind of folks that that were in that in that town. They just uh, I'm not going to say it was Mayberry RFD and Handy Griffith was a sheriff by no means, but but we're pretty close because this little old town. Uh, hey, listen, it, it had uh, it. it <laughs> It might have had a dark moment or two itself, but, but what place doesn't, right? So anyway, we were sure thankful for this guy. And, uh, you know, the local church came together that they'd never met us in their life. And they just turned out. And, and the lady that come up said, you know, said, this is the biggest uh, grocery turnout we've ever had in our life. And But anyway, we were certainly thankful for that until dad could get on his feet uh, with, uh, you know, getting paid and things of that nature. But the whole time we lived there, it it was it was like that, just people helping people. 